On this edition of the Marcus Walsh Show, there's a lot to be thankful for. Kevin and I discuss local happenings with gridiron and round ball action, as well as much of the same on the college and professional levels. Lots of championship aspirations in these sports as well. We'll dive in. Will an icon in New England hit the road for a warmer and sunnier situation? Kev explains. Concerts, anniversary wishes, and more greetings from your host. And Thanksgiving treats and food from the road. The guys recap culinary adventures with more coming for sure. We're happy to be back. There's a lot to be thankful for. All this and more is coming up on the Marcus Walsh Show, and it starts right now. Clear the mechanism. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in South Carolina needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome in and thanks for joining us on the Marcus Walsh Show here on this Saturday, just beginning the month of December. We are back and there is lots to be thankful for. Marcus Walsh here at the Bat Cave. Kevin Libby will join me as per usual shortly. Going to dive right in. Um, Certainly have a lot to get to in a brief time with the open monologue and uh, I will start off by saying, again, it's great to be back. We had our last show the first weekend. It was actually the first Sunday of October. Kevin had been so busy with football, and now that our football season in the low country is over, um, we decided to talk a little bit about that, as we will hear a little bit later on, and talk about a whole lot of other stuff that has happened throughout that time. Uh, so it's been two months but uh, certainly glad to be back. I have a lot to get into. Matt Brubaker will join me for segment two uh, coming up. We talk uh, a lot of stuff from college football, the playoff. We talk Ohio State football, a little bit of Ohio State basketball, some, uh, some other things in terms of travels with me, and we just catch up with a whole bunch of different things. Uh, that's coming up in segment two here shortly. Great to talk to Brew. So we'll have that for you, of course, pre-recorded. So uh, we'll talk with him here shortly. Um, tell you what, I'll, I'll get into the sports right now and let you know that Oregon, of course, losing to Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. It looks like Oregon is going to make a very good bowl game, but it will not be the college football playoff. Washington, with the win, looks to get one of those four spots. I think they'll come in at number three, figuring that Michigan will win as the number two team overall in the country. Georgia takes on Alabama coming up here in just a few minutes as we are recording this on CBS, the SEC championship game in Atlanta. The other game uh, in terms of conference championship aspirations and uh, not only that, but possible playoff aspirations that is underway and actually now over was a 49-21 win for the University of Texas over Oklahoma State. So, 
With that being said, obviously Ohio State lost to Michigan last week, and they have very, very slim chance of making the playoff. Alabama, if they win, that'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out. Florida State plays Louisville at 8 o'clock tonight. They're right now the number 14. I don't see any circumstance at the moment where we're going to have anything other than chalk. So Texas has won, but unfortunately I think they're going to fall a little bit short. Washington has won. They're in at three. I expect Georgia to beat Alabama. I expect Florida State, despite having a banged-up quarterback, to get the job done against Louisville. If there is an upset, that could be the one. I really think Georgia will beat Alabama. So my four going into action, uh, finding out the uh, Bulls and the 14 playoff tomorrow, Georgia number one uh, will go Georgia one, Michigan two, no, I, I take that back. Yeah, Georgia one, Michigan two, go uh, Washington three, and then Florida State four. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. I had to make sure I got it right in my mind. So Georgia and Florida State will play in the Sugar Bowl, and Michigan and Washington will play in the Rose Bowl. The final matchup with the Pac-12 of the Rose Bowl between Michigan and Washington because Washington is heading to the Big Ten along with several others. There are a bunch of other teams from the Pac-12 that are heading elsewhere, Big 12, ACC, etc. Brew and I will talk about that and a whole lot more here shortly. Um, So that's what's going on with college football. We had a great high school football season. Kevin and I will get into it in detail Um, We've got the best of the Bulls coming up on WHHI. We're going to be recording that this week. Uh, Daniel Court, Justin Jarrett, myself. We've got some other things that we're setting up for basketball. We're looking to get the basketball schedule out here soon. So Kevin and I will dish into that coming up here very soon. NBA hoops underway, MLB offseason. Kevin and I will talk about that. Certainly want to get Kevin's thoughts on things. Thanksgiving for me was great. Um, certainly had a lot to be thankful for within the time there. Uh, went to Savannah and got to see Sam's family in Savannah, spend Thanksgiving with them. Have certainly seen her parents and mine over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, my mom and dad are actually on their way to New Hampshire at the moment to spend some time with, with my brother and Little Finn, my my nephew, who's just growing like a weed. The kid is is definitely something. And then Sam and I are going to be heading to Ohio on Friday of next week to have our Christmas party with the rest of the Walshes, and I'll get to see some family and friends, uh, some family as well on my mom's side, some friends hopefully. So I'll be in Ohio with Sam for a few days and definitely looking forward to that next week. Another reason why I really wanted to get this show uh, going today and we were actually planning on doing this last week, but Kev was under the weather. Nothing that is on this show today uh, was of dire consequence and um, or of dire need to be broadcasted. And um, so we were able to, to get this today. And the delay, certainly not a problem at all. 
So that's that's very good news uh, on that front. USCB currently underway and doing some really good things as Justin Jarrett is the voice of USCB basketball uh, on both the ladies and the men's side. And he's having a lot of fun with that. He's been traveling a lot. Certainly want to thank Wes Kerr, Justin Jarrett, the rest of the Loco guys, Larry Jackamot, who we hope to have on at some point here on the show. He's been, you know, rearing to get back into basketball as well. The WHHI crew has been great and wonderful. And we've gone from one season and one year to another on the way. Lots of great stuff happening within this low country of South Carolina that we are living in for sure. Um, we just had the Mary Green Corral concert uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then I sang with the Hilton Head Symphony Orchestra Chorus. Great concert uh, series that we had with John Morris Russell of the Hilton Head Symphony Orchestra. He's the maestro, and he did a great job with us. Swade Anderson, Gail Lang, and company did a great job preparing us for those three concerts, one at St. Gregory the Great last Saturday evening, and then last Sunday afternoon, and last Monday evening, pardon me, we were at First Presbyterian Church on Hilton Head Island, great concerts, uh, lots of Christmas joy to be had, obviously the season before Christmas, being that we were performing them just the weekend after Thanksgiving, but it's always great to be with HHSOC, the Hilton Head Symphony Orchestra Chorus, um, I am singing in the Hilton Head Choral Society concert, Light and Lighter. That is coming up on December the 15th at 7.30 at First Prez. Still plenty of tickets available. HiltonHeadChoralSociety.org for those. And as well, not just singing in the choir. I'll be singing a couple of the baritone solos during the Mass of the Children. We've got a little bit of everything for everybody. It's going to be great under the direction of Dustin Owsley. Um, so that's going to wrap up my choral singing, and then we'll start up again with the Mary Green Chorale just after the new year, um, saying a great service with Nina Rodman and the folks at St. Luke's Anglican Church on the south end of Hilton Head Island for All Saints Day. Uh, they actually celebrated the Sunday after All Saints, um, so did a had a great service there, and I look forward to being back and singing with them in the spring, as I'll miss my first Christmas concert with them, being that I'm not going to be in town, let alone in the U.S. I'll be in Brussels, Belgium again, visiting my sister and uh, brother-in-law and niece and nephews and having a great time with the family. Of course, Austin and Finn are going to join my mom, dad, and I, and uh, Jennifer and the family. It's going to be going to be wonderful to see everybody and uh, celebrate a little bit differently, but certainly a wonderful time for sure this uh, Christmas season. And then I'll come back and get ready for the new year with basketball and a whole lot more. It's been a great 2023, no doubt about it. And this, because of my schedule, this could very well be the last Marcus Walsh show that we have for the year of 2023. It's been a year of many blessings. Um, been able to do a lot of different things professionally with WHHI and beyond. Um, a lot of in-person appearances for some big-time things that we've talked about throughout the year. But if I'm being honest, and I've said this a lot both on this show and beyond, the, the biggest thing for me for this year was just meeting Sam and, and having her be a part of my life, um, a big part of my life. 
It's uh, it's been an amazing year, and she's been a huge, huge part of it, and uh, and we are definitely very happy. And I can't wait for many more years and uh, many more experiences along the way. We're actually going to be in just a couple of weeks celebrating our. Uh, gotta make sure that I do the right math. Our ten month anniversary. Wow, and we actually met. Uh, now coming up on just uh, 10 months or so, um, December 3rd. So that's that's 10 months. So it'll be a nine-month anniversary coming up. I knew that the math wasn't right. So we've, we've known each other the bulk of the year, and it's been, been wonderful. And um, it's, I've had a lot of great memories with her already, and I look forward to a bunch more. No doubt about it. We're going to talk high school football. We're going to talk high school basketball coming up. Going to get Kevin's thoughts on the college football playoff just for grins. Um, got the NFL schedule, contending teams, and uh, and thoughts on a great coach that Kevin's a big fan of. We'll talk a little bit of MLB, certainly food, a whole lot more. Kevin Libby joins me on the Marcus Wall Show for segment uh, for the next segment. Coming up here shortly, I won't say segment two, because coming up next in segment two, it's an Ashland University reunion. Matt Brubaker joins me to talk football. Ohio State, talk the NFL, we'll talk a little bit of Ohio State basketball, and a whole lot more as well. And then Kevin will join me. We got Brew, we got Kevin, Marcus here at the Batcave. Thanks to Larry Jackamont and TBMM Productions, that's Tyler Brown Multimedia for the voiceovers, for the tunes. We're back. We're ready for action. It's all on this edition of the Marcus Wall Show. We are very thankful to have you along for the ride. We're happy to be back. Much more with Kevin. And up next, Matt Newbaker. This is the Marcus Wall Show. We'll be right back, right after you hear this. The music you hear on the Marcus Wall Show is provided courtesy of TBMM Productions, Tyler Brown Multimedia, for all things low country. Dial 843-715-1935. Welcome back to segment two here of the Marcus Wall Show on this Saturday. We've got a full show for you coming up kevin's gonna join me with with more but been a while since i talked to this guy just in general um but my old buddy matt brubaker from our ashland university days is joining us today to talk a little bit of the pigskin both in college and in the nfl brew it's been a while my man how are you um i was good about a week ago at this time and now uh a week later i'm not so good but it's good to Please catch up and talk with you. But yeah, overall good, uh, but slightly bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a tough last handful of days for you. I, I have no doubt about that. Um, great overall season record-wise for Ohio State, and we'll see where they end up going uh, in terms of bowling. My guess is probably the Orange Bowl against Louisville that's that's probably the best guess figuring that Louisville loses to Florida State today but you know they may end up getting a uh, a big win against I guess now it's possibly a third string quarterback 
at Florida State. We'll know a little bit later on this afternoon uh, the situation there at quarterback with the Knowles. That's a that's a big one with Louisville tonight at eight o'clock on ABC, and uh, Joe Testor and company going to be calling that one. But championship week got off to a great start as we'll start talking college with that game last night between Oregon and Washington. I was really surprised, and I was talking to my brother earlier in the week. I was really surprised at the line of that game with Oregon favored by anywhere from nine to ten points, and it ended up being ten. Washington just came out, and I really love the way that they play on all three sides of the ball, but in particularly the way they run the ball and the play with the trenches of the offensive and defensive lines. I mean, they just manhandled people, and they they did it again against Oregon last night in actually what ended up being a shootout, 34-31. Talk about what you saw out of that game if you happen to watch any of it. And, and what you see out of this Washington team is they look to definitely make uh, the college football playoff. Yeah, you might uh, you might be surprised at this, but since Ohio State lost uh, a week ago at around 4 o'clock, I've watched one quarter of college football. And it was the first quarter last night of Washington and Oregon. And then I fell asleep at like 9 o'clock, and I didn't get to see any of it again. So what I did see in that first quarter – and I'm really glad I fell asleep because then I started to get angry again. What I saw from both of those teams is what I would like to see from Ohio State right. from the quarterback position. So it bugged me to watch two teams that know what they're doing and have it figured out and that can really just open up the playbook and call plays freely. So if you're a Washington fan, you have to be very excited. The fact that the phrase of it's tough to beat a team twice, they killed that. And the Pac-12 has never been really known for defense. I would say maybe that's still the case, but that Washington team just has, I think, the recipe to maybe win a playoff game. I don't know if they're national cha- uh, championship contenders, but when I watch Michael Penix, I'm like, man, this guy was in the transfer portal. He was in the Big Ten. Ohio State has seen what he – I mean, he torched Ohio State during the COVID. And it's just a shame that, you know, he wouldn't have played if CJ was here. but. It's just a shame to think that we could have had someone to that caliber at Ohio State, but Washington's got the real deal. And Bo Nix, I think leaving the the shadows of Auburn, I guess his dad played there, and that's why he went there at the beginning. Uh, I think him leaving Auburn has really allowed him to grow and develop as a really good college quarterback. Don't know about NFL quarterback, but the one quarter that I saw, I saw both teams. I'm like, man, that's, that's something I wish we had. So I'm I'm happy for Washington. I'm happy for the Pac-12 that they'll finally get someone in. But at the same time, it's also a little bit tough to (laughs) watch these teams and think, if we just had the quarterback, we would be playing today. And it is the first time that the Pac-12 has been in since 2016. And oh, by the way, that team that got in in 2016 and played Alabama in the opening round of the 14 playoff was Washington. So they are going to be coming back. Of course, Oregon was in the first year of the playoff, and they ended up losing to Ohio State in the national championship after dominating the Jameis Winston Florida State team in the Rose Bowl that year. So it is good to see the Pac-12 back in action in the playoff, and this is actually, of course, the last year of the Pac-12 with everybody going every which way. 
Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA are joining the Big Ten next year, which I still find utterly ridiculous. But, you know, that's that's the way it's going to be. And, you know, Arizona State and Arizona and whoever else knows, they'll probably join the uh, Big 12. It's, yeah, where, it's where are they going? Because everyone just talks about Oregon State and Washington State as the only two holdovers. Where are all these other schools going? I think I think I did hear that um, – did I hear possibly that Arizona State and uh, Oregon State might even be going to the ACC? I, I would have to double-check that. But, oh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like where in the world is the Pac-12 going to disperse themselves throughout the United States? You know, get That's Greg just- Lee on the phone and do another edition of Carmen Sandiego because – title it – where in the world's the Pac-12 going to be? I mean, it's ridiculous. That's Absolutely it is ridiculous nuts. to think that Arizona and Arizona State, from a geographical standpoint, belong in the Pac-12, which stands for Pacific 12. The fact right. that those schools and potentially others are now going to go into a conference titled the Atlantic is dumb. That's <laughs> yeah. so stupid. It, it would make more sense for them to go into a conference like. And I say this based off the ocean, but like the Indian conference based off the Indian ocean, because they're closer to the. No, you can't say that today. You can't say that your baseball team got the name change because of that. They'd have to go into the guardian conference. It's very, that's very true. (laughs) It's very true. Uh, No, that bugs the heck out of me. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Um. So that's just a little bit of what's going on with the realignment and whatnot as well. Um, but as as far as the games today, and I've said this, you know, on Facebook Lives and whatnot, and this is actually the first time that Kevin and I have recorded a show since the first Sunday in October. I was going to say, it's probably the first show you've done since the Buckeyes won. Right. Like, they're um, actually good. <laughs> Because we've just been so busy with football and whatnot. Kevin and I will talk more about that. Basketball's right around the corner for us as far as the WHHI schedule. I'm going to be doing the best of the Bulls and uh, and whatnot as well. So I'll be talking more with Kevin about all those things later. And, of course, he'll be calling basketball games with me on WHHI Sports TV. Shameless plug. Um, say. Yep. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going through all of that. But I, I really see – a definite possibility that we get chalk throughout the rest of today with Georgia over Alabama, even though Georgia's without a couple of guys like uh, Bowers and McConkie, I still think that they have what, what it's going to take to run the football and really try to contain that Alabama offensive attack with the plethora of guys that they have certainly Milrow at quarterback. Um, it, that's going to be an interesting one with the fact that Georgia's a little bit banged up. The Florida State-Louisville game is going to be interesting with the fact that Florida State's a little bit banged up. Um, you mentioned that Texas is absolutely annihilating Oklahoma State right now. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking chalk, and the way I would view it then is Georgia at one, Florida State at four, figuring they win with a banged-up situation at quarterback, and then Washington with the big win, uh, will probably stay at three. Michigan, I think, should dominate Iowa, and they would be at two. I would have 
obviously Georgia at one, they get to pick where they're going to play. They'll take the sugar bowl and uh, play that in New Orleans with Florida state. And then you get a true Rose bowl for the playoff for the final time, big 10 pac 12 Michigan, Washington. That's how I would set it up. If everything turns out normal and, uh, and all works out with uh, the favorites winning today. Yeah, I don't think this might sound crazy. I just don't think today is going to be as exciting as people give it credit for. I know it's championship weekend, but we've already seen. I just looked at the score. Texas is up, was up by three touchdowns before halftime. So that's out. Uh, I don't I don't see the intrigue in Florida State and Louisville now that Jordan Travis is out. So that one doesn't excite me. I'm not going to watch Michigan and Iowa. The only thing that intrigues me about the only thing that intrigues me about that is the Tony Petiti Jim Harbaugh trophy handoff. That's the only thing that would intrigue me, and I'm I'll watch that on Twitter. The thing that'll be interesting, and just because it's I would still argue the best conference in college football and the ones that continue to produce national championships. I would I if I would choose to watch football, which I won't today because I'm very sad. Would be the would be the Georgia Alabama. I think there's just there's too good a rich history between the two. Obviously, Kirby Smart and uh, Nick Saban know each other, and those just seem to be the really the two premier programs of college football over the last really the playoff decade. So that that's what intrigues me. I don't know how it's going to go. I would predict Louisville to beat Florida State if you're asking my opinion. Uh, with the injury, Florida State really hasn't had a big test. They played some directional college at some state. And then, you know, is Florida really that good? No. So I think they might be in for a little bit of a challenge against Louisville. I don't know if Louisville winning that game would really change their destination of a bowl game. Maybe we play Clemson or not Clemson, sorry. Maybe we play Florida State in the Orange Bowl. I don't know. But it doesn't, wherever Ohio State plays, it doesn't excite because I'm, I'm sick of always the consolation, let's get excited for a bowl game that doesn't matter game. I'm over that. So I would only be interested in Georgia and Alabama just because of the quality of programs, the quality of play, and there is intrigue there. But I think you're right. It's probably going to be a lot of chalk, but I do think Louisville probably has the upper hand. I think they're a physical team. I think they can run the football really well, and I think they have an underrated defense. And that's what's beaten Ohio State over the years. So if that's a way to get Louisville to not play Ohio State, then let's go Louisville because I don't want to. I don't have to play two physical teams that can run the football back-to-back games. Obviously, we can talk about possible matchups, whomever, however, whatever, wherever. But with the fact that Ohio State will not be, unless something absolutely crazy happens. No, it, it, you don't have to worry about that. Now that Texas correct. is up three touchdowns, it's over. Right. Um, who would you like to see Ohio State play in a bowl game here in the next few weeks? Uh, division two, Northern Michigan, Lake Erie College, Michigan someone, Tech. Someone we can physically dominate. <laughs> Lake Superior State. Yeah, yeah. So, somebody. Tony Brook. <laughs> yes, Tony Brook. And name any. I don't. Uh, let's go with uh, West Liberty. Yeah, I don't care. No. Uh, I, I seriously don't. It doesn't. I'm I'm over these consolation prizes. And the other thing is, even if we played, we made jokes about Division Two. Even if we played someone, 
you're not going to see anybody remotely close on that field. That was what we saw the last couple of weeks. Right. They're all going to, they're all leaving for the NFL and they're not going to risk their careers and multi-million dollar contracts for a game that doesn't matter against a school that really we don't want to play. So I, I, I truly don't care. What I'm intrigued by, like I said, is when the playoff happens, whoever's playing Michigan, that's who I'm rooting for. Uh, I hope it's Washington because I would love to see. Oh yeah. I would say they're the underdog, but the conference that hasn't made the playoff in seven or eight years, I would right. like to see Washington have success regardless of opponent, but especially if it's Michigan. And I, I hope not that I don't like Georgia because I do respect them. They run a great program, but I do get sick of regardless of who's winning back to back years, same team. I do hope someone can beat them just to see a different champion. I'm getting sick of reading the same book every year. Ohio state loses to Michigan. We're off this weekend. Georgia wins the title. We've read that book. Put it back on the shelf, grab it. So if you're asking who I'm rooting for in the playoff, I think I'm kind of pulling for Washington. I think that'd be a cool story. I, uh, I'm pulling for them, too, to to get to the natty, possibly, I mean, obviously, figuring that they'll play uh, Michigan, that that would be a great game and really one with a lot of intrigue. Um, but I'm with you, regardless of who Michigan uh, ends up playing, I'm rooting for the other team. And I might just go ahead and pick them when I do my bull pick them here in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll just, we'll see how that Shakes out for sure. Certainly, you'll watch the game, no matter who Ohio State plays. Um, yeah, but I, I yes, because I, I haven't missed a game since I moved to Ohio with '98. But I think the interest level and the energy level in which that I watch, it'll be more of a defeated puppy dog. You know, I, I just I'm the Rose Bowl when we beat Utah was exciting because it's the Rose. Bowl. You can get up there. It was weird last year when you lost to Michigan and then you got into the playoff anyway. You can easily get up there. It was weird for me to tell my brain, hey, you should still be upset that you lost to your rival again. And also in the way you lost to then transition to, but yeah, we still have a chance to win a national title. Right. So that was weird. This year, it, it I don't care. And I've never been in this position before because usually you make a good bowl game. And it's exciting. This is not the year. And, you know, in the Dwayne Haskins year, I know we beat Michigan that year, but you didn't make the playoff because you had the bad loss to, I think that one was Iowa. But again, you go to the Rose Bowl and I can get up for the Rose Bowl. But any other game, I, I at this point, I just don't care. So I, yeah, we'll watch the game. Yes, I would want them to win, but what are the chances of that happening? I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be without Marvin Harrison, although he's rumored to maybe coming back. That's I love Marvin Harrison. He's one of the most respectful, polite, and just good kids you you could ever meet in college. But the, if he comes back, he's insane. He only comes back if he finds out that Kyle McCord is not playing. Because what uh, more does he have to prove? Right. But logic says Marvin goes. Remember last year, people were like CJ might come back. That's dumb. Go go to the NFL. Make sure your career is off in the right steps. Marvin's gone. Abuka's gone. Henderson's gone. Williams and Chip Trainum are seniors, so they, they have no choice. They're gone. Ken Stover's gone. The two best O-linemen on an already mediocre offensive line, they're gone. That's just on offense. 
the defense, they have some veteran guys like the linebackers and Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. These guys are all going. So the bowl game this year is going to be like a spring game, and you're going to see what next year's roster and next year's on-field look is going to be. And that, to me, is not something to get excited for. It's I said on my podcast a couple of days ago, we might get the chance to see what 6-6 six and six looks like. I don't think they'll go 6-6, six and six, but I wouldn't put it past them to go 8-4, and 9-3. and three. I was just, just going to say that. Yeah, and that – you just you can't have Kyle McCord be the quarterback next year. You you can't do it. I, I'm so over that. I'm so tired of always having to sift through and nitpick through all the negatives to try to find a positive. You're at Ohio State, man. It should not be this hard to right. find a positive. I'm done. So to answer your question, yes, I'll watch the game, but it's not going to be with the same intensity. I might sit down and watch. I never sit down to watch a Buckeye game. Unless they're getting their butts kicked, and then I'm just so defeated, I can't stand up. Right. But it's just not something I'm looking forward to. So I truly, it sounds crazy, I truly don't care the game. I truly don't care the event. There you go. All right. Um, real quick, I, I know you didn't want to dive too much into college basketball or the NBA, but any thoughts on Ohio State as far as the hardwood? I have one thought. I would like for them to be good so I have something to do with now this extra time. Uh, I told someone the other day that when Ohio State basketball is good, I can actually get into it because I my first love is basketball. And right. when I call games, I truly love doing basketball more than football. So, yeah, it would be great if the Buckeyes, once conference play tips off, they're at least competitive and and fun to watch or have a couple of guys that, are you know catches your eye there's a kid from pickerington i might see if he gets any minutes to see if you know he can contribute but they need to be good for me to watch because not that i have this big packed schedule but i just don't want to waste my time so i hope they're good because now i have this extra time but uh i start getting into college basketball more like mid-february right before tournament time and you get to watch really quality in-conference matchups, top 25 matchups. That's what I like. Right now, when <laughs> Buckeye basketball is playing Stony Brook, I'm not into it. It's it's going to be interesting for sure, and I'll have my final four. I was thinking about having a final four prediction set up for today. It's just too early. I mean, we just finished up with Feast Week and all of these big, like, not preseason, but these big tournaments at the beginning of the year. And you just really don't know yet what you have. Um, so once the new year starts, I'll definitely have a final four prediction for the season. It's going to be going to be interesting as it always is. And it's uh, going to be fun. How was your Thanksgiving? Speaking of feast week, did uh, you do Thursday, a lot of feast? Yeah, Thursday was good. And you asked a very good question because you didn't ask how the Thanksgiving weekend was. You simply asked how Thanksgiving was. Thanksgiving was good. The Thanksgiving weekend was different. <laughs> the weekend sucked. <laughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. Plus, my fantasy football team might have blown the most near secure and safe victory in fantasy football history. It was uh, – talk about heartbreak weekend. I was up 50 points. Going into the Sunday 4 p.m. window, I was up 32 points with five minutes left in the Buffalo and Philadelphia game. 
And my uh, opponent had Josh Allen, Devontae Smith, Gabe Davis, and the Buffalo defense. I had Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, and James Conner all playing, and I lost. I had a 99% chance to win. And oh, my. Yeah, I had a terrible sports weekend. I'm thinking about picking up Nitty because sports <laughs> to me. I, I know uh, somebody who can teach you how to crochet, and she would <laughs> love to. Talk about Sam, by the way. Um, I but Thanksgiving up- was good. Thanksgiving, the day itself, was good. Yeah. The Thanksgiving weekend as a whole, not so good. Um, I ended up getting a big win last week, if if memory serves, in the league that I'm in with you. Oh, crap. We play each other this week. Can you yes, take I, it easy on I me won. this week? I really need a, a spiritual pick-me-up. I won 139 to 121 uh, last week. We are playing, and whoops, I just hit my mic with my nose. Um and we are currently underway. You're up 15 nothing. You're projected to beat me 117 to 104. Um, I'll see what I can do, but I'm not going to make any promises. Have you bought Have you bought any Christmas gifts for anybody yet? Um, I have. Th- this year's going to be a little bit different for me because I actually have um, something that is going to be delivered. Uh, for the Christmas party that we are having in Ohio next week. And um, so I'm going to be taking care of some stuff up there uh, for that next Saturday as the party. Uh, We're actually going to be spending Christmas this year for the first time ever overseas. Going to be in Brussels, Belgium at my sister's place. That's cool. So, So Austin Tenley and the baby who is as cute as a button, by the way, I need to, I need to send you some pictures. Um, he is, he's just awesome. Um, is he driving yet? No, but he looks like he's pretty close. Um, so, uh, they're going to fly. No, but he's, he looks like he could end up playing, you know, offensive line or defensive line. He's got a little pudge to him. I was hoping Uh, maybe he could throw a football and maybe give Kyle McCord some yeah, right. Have have him start for Ohio State. Yeah, see if we can bump Kyle. I'm I'm open to any suggestions at this point. Um, so they're going to be flying, I'm sure, out of Boston, and uh, and then have a connecting flight, and then get over to Brussels. Whether it's the same with us, and we'll be heading out of Savannah, my parents and I, out of Savannah to DC, and then over to Brussels, and we'll Reason be there from the 22nd to the 29th. My uh, my mom always asks right around Thanksgiving what I want for Christmas, and I never have an answer because I just don't know what I want for Christmas. I do know what I want for Christmas, and I can actually ask you for it. If you haven't fantasy gotten me anything, what's that? No. A fantasy football win? <laughs> no. Just bench Keenan Allen. That's all I ask. Uh, well, just bench him. <laughs> I, I don't know I'm doing that. Play, play an injured player, play a guy that's not actually rostered on an NFL team. I, I just need to pick me up. Get a get an empty spot in there. It's not like you're gonna win anything yeah. anyway. Um yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. I'll I'll sleep on that. I'll I'll give it about 10 seconds of thought. Hey, <laughs> never hurts to ask. I got out of a chemistry final in high school because I asked. Hey, there you go. Um what uh? What was on your Thanksgiving smorgasbord? Uh, oh, food. It's the same for me every year because I'm a picky eater. Uh, turkey, mashed potatoes, rolls, corn, and pie. That's it. 
It's every what year. kind of what kind of pie? There's pie. What kind pumpkin. of pie? Pumpkin. pumpkin? Any other kind of pie, and you're doing Thanksgiving incorrectly. All right. Um, I had very much the same. I actually had some ham too. We went to Savannah for uh, for Thanksgiving. Sam and I at her sister's place, and there were uh, counting the cats and the dog. There were 15 of us. Um, so you, you said you set places at the table for the pets. No, I just count them because they were in the house. <laughs> I was going to say, Mark. Marcus is a new member of the family. He's sitting right next to Roscoe now. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had a we had a great time, and uh, certainly looking forward to the rest of the holiday season for sure. Real quick, I want to get your take on the NFL thus far. I think that it's really going to come down to four teams, and and the four that I'm thinking of at the moment: Philadelphia, San Francisco, and the NFC. Baltimore and Kansas City in the AFC. My pick at the beginning of the year, as well as Kevin's, was uh, Philadelphia and Baltimore. And if memory serves, you and my brother actually had the same pick of Kansas City. <clears throat> excuse me, Kansas City and San Fran. You sticking with that? And you think that's a, a good four? And just a couple of quick overall thoughts with the uh, with the NFL season. What were the top two you said? Who in Kansas City? I, 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 I'm sticking with my Super Bowl pick of Philadelphia and Baltimore, but also representing the AFC, I would take San Francisco facing Philly and uh, Kansas City playing Baltimore in their respective championship games. Yeah, I, uh, I have a hot take. It's not really a hot take. It's just one that maybe no one thinks of. I don't think Kansas City's offense is really any that good at all this year. It's not. They lack a deep, trustworthy receiver. Uh, all of the receivers really have no inexperience, or I'm sorry, no experience, other than Valdez Scantling. He can't catch a cold. And their offense is really centered around Travis Kelsey, and he's not healthy. So, I don't think it'll be Kansas City. They always seem to prove everybody wrong. But I have Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, and Rasheed Rice on my fantasy team. And for where I drafted Patrick Mahomes, he's he's not putting up the numbers that he usually does. So I don't think it'll be Kansas City, although their defense is better. I, I think at some point you're going to have to start scoring. So I, I could see a Baltimore dark horse. They haven't really proven yet, but maybe Miami, they have to actually start beating teams that are good. That's what happens when you play in the playoffs. Right. Uh, so I wouldn't say Kansas city. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for Miami because I have Tyreek Hill on my team this year. And I've just, I've liked watching them play, but I don't know if that team is comprised to be a playoff deep run team. So maybe Baltimore is, is the correct pick there. And I think it probably comes down to San Francisco Easily Philadelphia, and that that might be it. The NFC South is terrible. The Lions are a fun story. I, I like watching them. I just I think at some point you need the experience in the playoffs to go far. So I think it comes right. down to those two teams from a uh, from a Super Bowl standpoint in the NFC. Maybe you give the the nudge and the nod to Philadelphia, but didn't didn't those two teams already play this year? And didn't Philly kind of whip them around pretty good or, or no? Am I making that up? Philly and who? 
who who lost in terms of the San Francisco game when they lost three in a row? Didn't one of those games? Oh, they, um, actually, that, actually, that game's tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. See, I once the Buckeyes lose, I've lost all knowledge of sports. So maybe tomorrow is an NFC Championship preview. I would say before watching the game, it's obviously going to be star-studded in terms of the offensive and defensive talent on the field. I think I might just have to give the nod to Philadelphia, although I do I think San Francisco wins tomorrow. I think Philly's been in too many of these close, miracle-type comeback wins. I think tomorrow might finally be the one that slips them up. You give them a chance to win in the playoffs, maybe they get revenge. So I would probably say Philadelphia and Baltimore because I, I just don't think – I don't think uh, Kansas City has the offense to really step up and do something. I, I know their record is what it is. I know they're still in first place in their division. But I just don't think with just Travis Kelsey and a bunch of inexperienced wide receivers, I don't think that's the recipe to get back to a Super Bowl. That uh, that sounds about right. I'm I'm thinking that that's uh, that's right as well. And like I said, I'm sticking with with my pick. And and Kevin actually switched his. He initially had Kansas City and Philadelphia, and then he he went with the the uh, Baltimore route as well. It's going to be interesting the next few weeks to see how things shake out. Dallas has been a good story uh, at times. They had a huge win the other night but they need to stop giving up so many dang points. And yeah, uh, I also need to stop benching multiple touchdowns in fantasy. Last week I had three receivers score a total of 60 points all on my bench. This week I benched Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson. And of course they had two touchdowns. So there's your Christmas gift from me to you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Just, just remember, I've already gotten you your gift. Just make sure you give me what I want. Yeah. Get you a win. Any means necessary. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, anything else real quick? Uh, nine. Sounds good. I get and, that uh, at least once. Yeah, absolutely. Um, buddy, great to talk to you. Hope uh, hope you have a great next couple of weeks leading into Christmas. All the best to you and the family and, and whatnot. And uh, we'll definitely do this again soon. From, uh, from good old Columbus, Matt Brubaker joining me for segment two on the Marcus Wall Show. We've got a whole lot more. Coming up, going to talk a little NFL and whatnot with Kevin, talk some high school football recap. We'll look into the basketball and a whole lot more straight ahead as the show continues. Larry Giacomo with the voiceovers. The tunes brought to you by TBMM Productions, Tyler Brown Multimedia. Got more of the Marcus Wall Show coming up next. Timeout. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the SCHSL and the South Carolina Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back into the Marcus Wall Show on this first Saturday of the month of December. Uh, have a couple of, I guess you could call them omissions, as the PTI guys continue to do. Uh, pardon the interruption that I that I forgot to do during the monologue. A couple things I have to include that I forgot to in the monologue. Of course, my sister-in-law Tenley is going to join us in Brussels with Austin and Finn. And when I was talking about anniversaries and whatnot, I forgot. 
I forgot to mention my own parents, um, who are going to be celebrating their 42nd wedding anniversary here in just a couple of weeks. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, and, and they certainly have been, been tremendous, uh, you know, in, in support of all of us and, and whatnot, and certainly a, a big help in, in what has been really a great year uh, for me, for sure. Here in 2023, Kevin Libby joins me from his humble abode, the Batcave. Welcome back, my man. Great to be back. It's been a long time. It was it was October the 3rd, I believe, the last time we did a show, Sunday, and then we went out to Spring Island to cover that golf tournament for, uh, for WHHI, the um, Fields of Honor golf tournament that... Uh, or not golf tournament, but the charity event that was going on. Um, that was the last time we recorded a Marcus Walsh show. It's been a full two months. I believe you because you're saying it and you make the most of the show. Mark is here, by the way. Appreciate your uh, omit. Hardly no mitt. Getting the omissions out of the way. Absolutely. Uh, what Marcus has not. Did you say on the air that this is your first one producing? I have not. Marcus does not just write. He does not just go ahead and introduce yourself with some enthusiasm. He doesn't just write. He doesn't just host. I've I've been producing this bad boy today, um, and and it's been it's it's gone very smoothly. Um, I've been actually very pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know, certainly appreciate your help and your uh, your thoughts and guidance along the way, bud. And uh, it's it's been good. We hope you all are enjoying it. It's, uh, it's been great. Again, thanks to Matt Brubaker for joining me in the last segment. Thanks to Larry Jackamont for the VOs. Thanks to Tyler Brown Multimedia for the tunes. And now, Caleb, let's, uh, let's get into it and talk a little bit. Well, actually, first, let's switch things up a little bit. Because I didn't. we were going to do this last week, and, and you were a little bit down and, and out for the count around Thanksgiving. I got the bubons. How, how, how are you, first of all, and how was your Thanksgiving, and, uh, and what did you nosh on? Oh, turkey. Let's, let's talk about the noshing first for a change. Everybody likes food. You throw the Thanksgiving up top. I know it's December. There's many more holiday foods coming. I noshed on some really good uh, green bean casserole from Cheryl, Cheryl at my work. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, her grandson made it with her. If you're going to do holiday food, make them with the people you love. Honestly, absolutely. So no turkey or... Oh, well, I was sick, so I missed the holiday. But yeah, she brought me a little turkey. I'm just speaking about the pie I like best. Everyone can do a bird. You know who does a really good green bean casserole? Cheryl, at work. Cheryl, at work. There you go. Um, I spent Thanksgiving in Savannah at at Kelly's house. And and Kelly and Claudio are Sam's sister and brother-in-law. Forgot to mention... Uh, Claudio as well, so it was great, and his family was here uh, for a few days from Mexico. I think they were just heading back today, but they also did some traveling around the U.S. throughout the week. Uh, great to meet them, and, and great to spend time with Sam's mom and stepdad and, and everybody, and then we got to see uh, her dad and stepmom last week after the concert that I had on Sunday night. Um, so, you know, Great spread, and I mean, so many good cooks in the kitchen, all working together. We had turkey and ham and uh, sweet potatoes and corn bake or corn pudding or something um, along those lines. And there was uh, mashed potatoes and a couple other preparations and pumpkin pie and 
plenty of drinks and plenty of laughs and plenty of times around the table and man it was just great um and certainly great football on uh as well we watched a good portion of the detroit lion green bay packer game before we left for savannah and uh great great times had by all and like i said earlier we were able to get together and uh spend some near holiday time with my mom and dad and we're heading to ohio uh next week for the christmas party with the walshes and see some of my mom's family and some friends and whatnot it's just a great time and then we're going to be in brussels um sam won't be able to join us but my mom and dad and i and austin tenley and the baby we're all heading over to brussels to see my sister and brother-in-law and all the family there for christmas what a what a great time the holidays can be and the food was food was great the time with family and friends great football all of it outstanding I know Brussels speaks a bunch. Um, what are, are they Francophonic? Are they French-speaking Brazilians, or are they, are they German speakers? Um, my sister's family definitely French. They they actually speak, salut, très bon, très bon, salut. They actually speak some Dutch too. Oh, see, I don't know. I don't know as how I, to say as I say that in Spanish. How do you say hello in Dutch? Uh, I don't know. I bet you're gonna learn, but. Uh, I, I hope that so I'm going to make a Holland joke, and I decided to pull it back. What's the Germany sprechen die Deutsch? Yeah, yes, but like, yes. but Holland is going to be something new that we're going to discover together in the future episode of the Marcus Walsh Show. Here's to Heineken, brewed in Holland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Heineken, but Laheim, which can be said about many a good drink, That's, to the yes, good people absolutely. of Heineken. There, there you go. Um, Continuing with the great food that we had this year, we had some great food from the road. Thanks, certainly, during the football season to Fat Babies and Chicken Salad Chick. And I'm going to be having Chicken Salad Chick on Wednesday as well. So we're talking about the sausage guy from Fat Babies. That's that's my favorite. And, and from Chicken Salad Chick, certainly the Fancy Nancy with the... Um, with the apples and grapes, and I believe it's either pecans or walnuts. I'm not sure exactly which off the top of my head. I think it's pecans. Delicious chicken salad, and I'm not even that big a fan of mayonnaise. It's like a Waldorf salad. I talked about it during the John Paul II THA game with Daniel. It's like a Waldorf salad on bread. I mean, really, really good stuff. And the chicken's roasted, and it's just, oh, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. Um, that was really good. And we did Fiesta Fresh for the game that Daniel, JP, and I broadcasted from the studio. That was the HHCA-BA game, which was homecoming night for HHCA. Jesse Jeremiah and Joseph Keith were filming and doing interviews from HHCA that night while we were at the Whale Branch Battery Creek game. And we had great food at Whale Branch, too. The concessions, I, best dang chili dog I ever had. Maria Soden with the sopa, um, sopa pias, I think it was. Uh, I'm sorry, the empanadas. The chicken empanadas. Uh, Daniel and I were eating in the fourth quarter on air. So good. Uh, off the hook. And, uh, and then I went to a couple of playoff games this year. And uh, Sam and I had Pizza Company Pizza at the HHCA opening week playoff game. And then we went to THA 
for the THA Lee Academy game in round two. And THA over at Harvey Beach Stadium. It was the first time that I had been at Harvey Beach Stadium since 2014 when I called the HHCA THA game with Chuck Zapek and company. Uh, THA has a barbecue shack that did ribs and it was like rice with hash that had potatoes and rice and barbecue sauce, and I think it was green beans in it. It was all mixed up and mashed up, and it was really, really good. It was off the frickin' chain. My mouth is watering again. And um, so, yeah, great food from the road and just outstanding stuff. Whale Branch, uh, HHCA, THA, Fat Babies, and certainly Chicken Salad Chick. Kudos to y'all. You all did outstanding. Fiesta Fresh. I forgot Fiesta Fresh. I'm sorry. I had a chicken fajita bowl or a set of chicken fajitas with the um, with the tray. Great stuff. Great food from the road. I know you were noshing a little bit from time to time on a lot of stuff, and particularly from Chicken Salad Chick and from Fat Babies as well. You know I like to eat. I mean, it's a good time. I was up in Charleston. And uh, I drove my father to the doctor, and the doctor says to me, oh, you're from Bluffton, to which I say I am. And he says, oh, so uh, you got that there Bluffton room. Have you ever been to the Bluffton room? Now, I haven't. I, have. I, was, I know, and I was going to say I haven't been, but I said I know somebody who did. Oh, Was that in the, this, within the vicinity of the football season, your experience there? My experience at the Bluffton Room was before football. Yes, we. Uh, I think we went there for Kelly's birthday, I believe. It was a belated birthday celebration in the summer, late spring, early summer. And I got the duck loin, I think it was, with like this salad on the side with grapes and mushrooms. And it was like marinated um, oils, almost like a vinaigrette, but not super vinegary or whatever on the, on the side. And it was just, oh man, cognac. And I think we had bread before the meal and it was just, oh, knock your socks off good. Yeah, I think that's about as good as it gets here in the low country. If, if you're looking for a really nice date night, I mean, really nice, because you're going to pay a little bit. Go to the Bluffton Room. It's 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 for a special occasion, an anniversary, you know, that type of deal. It's it's not just your normal Friday night out. It's it's got to be a big thing, because because you're going to spend a few bucks. But it's it's well worth it. And one of these days, I'm Sam and I will be back for sure. You get to hang out with the Palmetto Bluff crowd. You know, the yeah. folks with the big houses where Justin Bieber got married. You know the place. That's right. Shout out to the Biebs. Um, Speaking of Biebs, who knows? And I was going to go into football, but while I'm thinking of it, who knows where Shane Bieber is going to end up with, uh, with the Cleveland Guardians? Will he be with the Guardians? I actually heard just recently that an executive said that Atlanta really wants him. Will Emmanuel Classe get traded? from Cleveland somewhere else. What's going to be the big deal? Obviously, Cleveland has a theoretically entire new coaching staff, with the exception of a couple of people. Congrats, certainly, 
to um, to the folks that have been hired in. They've they've got a really good young guy in as their uh, in as their head coach in Stephen Vogt. I think he's going to be very good for that team, and it's a it's a new age of Cleveland Guardians baseball. But what what else has caught your eye with the MLB? Um, we'll get there in a minute. I want to know about the gods. Is Biebs worth twenty five million a year? Is he worth it? I I think you know last year was a tough year for him, especially injury wise and whatnot. But I think that he definitely is. Uh, Question for at least two. Another year. Question two. Based on history, not just our beloved, beloved gods. Right. Are the Cleveland baseball program? Are they the most likely to pay him twenty-five million plus for a contract? Is it likely he's coming back on twenty-five million plus in Cleveland? Ugh. I would like to say yes, but. Uh, I will give a little bit over 50% yes, but it's it's a little bit more unclear. If he would have had a successful, healthy season last year, I would definitely say, in my opinion, yes. But the injury bug got him and got him good. So, Will the New York Yankees still pay him $30 million a year? Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> If they offer that, <laughs> will you be upset with Biebs if he takes the money? Well, it'll it'll hurt. And Oscar Gonzalez just went off to the Yankees yesterday. Gonna gonna miss SpongeBob. He was he was tremendous. So you're saying the front office of the Yankees watches Guardians baseball? Apparently they do. Um, so it, it's going to be tough, but but we'll see. My my whole bottom line, and I talk about it especially with the fact that Cleveland is a mid market or small market team, take your pick. They have to get good deals for these trades to go through. And, you know, they were so on the brink of a World Series championship not all that long ago. And they were on the brink of big-time runs through the playoffs not that long ago. And we all want to see that again. And obviously, going back to the end of last year, whether or not they were going to make the playoffs prior to this announcement is kind of irrelevant in a way, even though if you have a guy like Shane Bieber and you have a guy like Cal Quantrill, who, oh, by the way, is off um, to another team as well. For some reason, I'm thinking it's the Colorado Rockies. Um, and you have a guy like Tristan McKenzie, who, by the way, is back. All three of those guys were hurt. So Cleveland was not going to make the playoffs last year, and we discussed this at the end of the regular season. They weren't going to make the playoffs last year with those three guys missing the bulk of the time that they did. And I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent. But again, the day that the Cleveland Guardians season ended, in my opinion, was the day that Terry Francona started hinting at retirement. And and he says that he's not going to fully retire, whatnot. But the day that he hinted at leaving that managerial post was the end of the Cleveland Guardians season. So they can make these moves. I'm a loyal fan, so I... I really enjoy watching and listening to these guys play, and I I really so you're saying respect it's, these it's, guys. It's so just it's, like Ohio so State in the spring game. Sure. So you're going to watch these guards with their young guys. You want guys from your, your own farm system up and playing, and if you win, you want to have the money to buy somebody. Uh, sure. Um, with these trades that are possibly made, though, if you're going to give up a guy like Shane Bieber or if you're going to give up a guy like Emmanuel Classe, 
it's got to be the right deal. And and they got to make sure that they go in and they get a piece that they really need, which sometimes has been a little bit iffy from time to time, especially, I know it's not trade deadline time, but some of those moves have been just a tad bit iffy, that type of thing. I get it. It's harder because they're not the Yankees. They're not the Chicago Cubs. They're not the Boston Red Sox. They're not the Los Angeles Dodgers. But still, you, you like to have a little bit of hope and whatnot, and I want to see those days back in Cleveland, doggone it. So you didn't get a chance to trade Tito. If you're Robert Kraft and you got a chance to trade your one year left, apparently, on the Belichick, and I'll say this in a backwards way. For me as a fan of the Boston people, would you give up a first-round pick to have Bill Belichick coach the Browns? Whoops. Um, for a year? No, no, or- no, no. That you get to buy him out for like the next five years as he breaks the, uh, the record. Because they have contracts on Bill for one more year. He's making, like, we oh, think. Oh, that's, that's what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, maybe you're. <laughs> I was, I, this was kind of a unique way of going about this, but I was going to ask you about Bill because I don't see him going to Cleveland. I mean, it would, it would be interesting if he came back. You wanted to know where he was going. You teased me in the top. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, that's a, the tease is the, uh, the, you know, the power to show up, up in the beginning. Um, right. And we were going to talk about Belichick. And, again, you're asking me as a Patriots fan where I think he's going. I'm going to ask you, will you go back to Cleveland to beat the Patriots in the playoffs the last that's- time he was there? Okay, I, I wasn't putting down what you were asking, I guess. No, I'm I, saying think like a fan like me. Would you pay him that a big money contract for five years to be in Cleveland coaching the Browns? Sure. Okay. Of, of course. But. Would you give him a first round pick for him? Sure. Oh, okay. But that's not where I see him going. Tell me. I was talking about sunny and warmer situations. So not Washington, Annapolis, not... Not Washington, not Indianapolis, not Cleveland. No, I'm sorry, Annapolis, Maryland, which is not, like... Not Anna- right, not Annapolis, Maryland. Remember earlier this year, and I'm, I'm eating... I'm not so much eating crow, but this pick I had wrong. Remember that I said that the Kansas City Chiefs weren't going to win the AFC West? Yush! Who did I pick to win the AFC West? I know it wasn't the Raiders. That would have been fun. And I know it wasn't uh, the Seahawks or an NFC. Who would have been out of the West that you I took the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, the Herbert fan you was. Because I said, on the field, they have... The situation where they've a got a six foot six inch quarterback and they've and got a, a great quarterback out of Oregon, and they should be a lot better than they are. Agree. Guess what? Coaching. Brandon Staley stinks. And I tell you what, I gave him the benefit of the doubt this year, and I said I think this guy can turn it around this year. Guess what? He stinks. I think Bill Belichick's going to end up in L.A. I think he's going to end up coaching the Chargers. That's the sunny, warmer situation that Bill Belichick's going to be in. He's going to leave New England, and he's going to go to L.A., la-la, and he's going to coach the Chargers, and we'll just see because the Kansas City Chiefs aren't quite as good this year as they've been in years past. They still have Patrick Mahomes. I get that. They still have Travis Kelsey. I get that. 
But offensively, they're not quite as good. They don't have that big deep threat that they've had in years past. The Chargers have those guys on the outside. They've got talent. Doggone it, they should be a better football team. How about you go get Bill Belichick to coach your football team, and you might have a chance to win the AFC West. Yeah, you can see Bill just walking across the street to NFL Network, you know, just, uh, yeah, you know, I think we got, like, a really good 6'6 quarterback that could, yeah, he's about 6'6, he can run, he can throw the ball across the field and do pretty much anything anyone wants anybody to do, so we're going to give him a receiver that can run about four miles an hour, and we're going to watch him just be the best quarterback in football. That is so good. You just, you never know. It, it could happen. It's going to be six tight ends and Justin Herbert. It's going to be great. <laughs> that's that's just my opinion. I've talked to a couple other people that have differing, differing opinions, but his days are definitely coming up towards the end in New England. He's been there a long time. He's done a lot of great things, but it's just not the place that it once was. Um, want to... Get your take just on what's going on with the NFL and uh, and whatnot. But before that, and of course I let everybody know of the situation with the college football games going on today. Alabama leading Georgia with the football. 12-04 to go second quarter CBS SEC championship game, 10-7. Um, coming up a big one between Florida State and Louisville. Got Michigan and Iowa later. And then uh, Texas with a huge win, 49-21 over Oklahoma State earlier today at the time of this recording. So, with the NFL, feeling feeling pretty good about uh, your pick as well as mine for the Super Bowl between Philadelphia and Baltimore. Yes! Who do you think will be playing those two teams in their representative uh, conference championship games. Give me the Chiefs versus, you know, the Ravens. Right. And the 49ers versus the Birds. Thank you, Marv. Um, and that's that's exactly what I have. We talked about it with Brew. Dallas has been a fun story. Miami's been a fun story. Detroit's been a fun story. You know, the Jets have been up and down and kind of all crazy. Um, whatnot. There have been a lot of fun stories. The Jaguars have been fun. Cleveland's been fun to an extent. So has Cincinnati, but it's it's those four to me as well. The games this week, um, Kansas City, Green Bay on Sunday night, Cincinnati, Jacksonville on Monday night, the bye weeks, Baltimore, Buffalo, Chicago, Vegas, Minnesota, and the New York football Giants. Denver and Houston tomorrow on CBS. We'll see that one. At 1 o'clock, Ian Eagle, Charles Davis with the call. Arizona, Pittsburgh, Kevin Harlan, Trent Green with the call of that one. Andrew Catalan, Tiki Barber, Matt Ryan will be in Nashville for Indianapolis, Tennessee. The L.A. Chargers and the New England Patriots, Spiro Didis, Adam Archuleta with that one. I know you'll be tuned into that somewhere. Carolina and Tampa Bay's the late game. Tom McCarthy, James Lofton, and Jay Feely with the call of that one. In the Fox windows, Detroit and New Orleans, Joe Davis, Daryl Johnston with the call of that, Miami, Washington, Adam Amin, and Mark Schlereth, the former Washington Redskin, with the call of that game. I'll be watching Atlanta and the New York Jets with Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma calling that one. Mark Schlereth, what's a fullback? Good question. San Francisco and Philadelphia, Kevin Burkhardt, Greg Olson and company in Philly. 
Cleveland and the LA Rams, Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez going to be calling that one. Oh, by the way, did you see who's starting for the Cleveland Browns this week at quarterback? It's not Deshaun Watson. It's not Jacoby Brissett. Is it Joe Flacco? It is Joe Flacco, not to be confused with Shane Falco, who was the quarterback at Ohio State and then ended up playing for the Washington Sentinels in the great movie The Replacements. Yeah, except this Joe Falco, uh, Joe Joe Falco, Joe Flacco. Yeah, but the University of Delaware is Joe Flacco, who beat up my UMass Minutemen back when I was there, which means he's old like me. Uh, Joe Flacco is six foot six and has a ring, so let's go. Yeah, absolutely, going to be interesting. That's that's for sure on that front too. Uh, Kansas City Green Bay again, the Sunday nighter, going to be very good to watch. Cincinnati Jacksonville, you talk about those teams being. Big factors as well. Um, everything's pretty much as as is and and to order. Let's go into college football. Just with I know you don't watch it as much, but just with the playoff, what what do you think is going to shake out with the fourteen playoff? I said earlier with Brew, I see chalk running the day, and Clemson, uh, Clemson, good grief, Georgia will take on Florida State in the Sugar Bowl. That's my prediction. And then Oregon and Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Michigan will be the number two team, Oregon the three, and then Georgia the one, and Florida State the four. And that'll be your uh, 14 playoff before all heck breaks loose and the Pac 12 goes into Big Ten country, Big 12 country, and ACC country because they are disbanding and everybody's going a little bit of everywhere. We kind of called this here in the Marcus Wall Show with our remarkable coverage of how NIL was going to change conferences and how the regional sports networks as they deteriorate are going to inform money. We covered a lot of money. Um, you know, that was always what I focused on until this year when my Patriots became hot, flaming garbage. And so I've been watching a little more you know, college football than normal. Your Ohio State Buckeyes are really, really good. And so that Michigan game really changed my equation around how I think it's going to end up competitively. Uh, but the talent level is incredible. It's definitely like minor league football. You know, these are professionals out here. And, uh, Marcus, I don't know what's going to happen. They're kids. That's what I really think. But, um, I mean, oh, I'm so sorry about Brew. Yeah, I'm, mm. there are a lot of guys that uh, are going to be heading to the NFL, and next year's going to be tough. I, I'm with Brew that it could be an 8-4, and 9-3 and three season, and that's good, but this is Ohio State. That's not good enough. And doggone it, they got to find a way to beat Michigan. They've lost to them three times in a row. Brew, I have John Havlicek autographed on my wall. Um, he went to Ohio State. But my point is, there's a long history of my affection for your school. And uh, thanks for coming on the show this week. It's always good to have you and Marcus together. Without question, buddy. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun getting back and, and chatting for sure. Um, we're really looking forward to, after a great high school football season, and, and I'll, I guess I can ask you this. Um, because you won't be joining us for the best of the Bulls. Uh, Justin, Daniel, and I will be talking about you know our favorite moments going over the teams that made the deep playoff runs. Congratulations to HHCA making the deepest run. They won the state playoffs again and, uh, and did, a, did a great job throughout the course of the year. Your favorite moment of the season in, in terms of the regular season games that we covered, 
I think I know where you're going with this. Um, you, you were at a lot of them, but your your favorite moment from the nine games that we covered this season on WHHI for high school football. Like a play that you could cover? Brandon Bryant down the sideline on the reception. Uh, I think it was the first touchdown of the game, and I got to be on the call thanks to you letting me do it, and I said, hello, Sports Center, because it was one of the most high-class plays I'd ever seen at the high school level. It was remarkable. I, I liked Bluffton's quarterback play. They built a nice five-wide spread they ran all year, and Brandon Bryant, I think, is one of the best players in the state of South Carolina, should have been considered for Mr. Football. He's going to be an excellent, excellent recruit. Some, whatever program gets him, good luck. I knew that you were going that game for sure. And uh, thank you for filling in for me, uh, for sure. I, I watched that game back, and you you did awfully well, my friend. That was uh, impersonation and imitation are different things, and uh, one creates liability. But no, Marcus, I did my best, Marcus, for a lot of it, and it's because of my affection for you. I appreciate it, buddy, and thank you again for filling in for sure. If you had to guess where I'm going with the games that that we did this year for the football season. Where do you think I would go? Hilton. Again, again, we did nine. Hilton Head High School, that breakout play by that kid who's fast enough to, to go I, D1. And I'm not necessarily, ooh, that, that, was a, that was a great moment. I'm not necessarily talking about plays. Javarian Hamilton against Buford is the play that he's talking about with Hamilton just going nuts. And uh, that, that was special. Believe it or not, that's not what's going to crack the number one best moment for me. That that ended up, of course, being a Buford win. That was big for Buford. They had a little bit of a tough year. My favorite moment was one that happened very early on. So early on, it was the first game that we did. Your girlfriend was there. Are you going sentimental? What are we doing? She she actually was not. Oh, <laughs> she, I guess she's the sentimental not, one. She was not at the. She wanted to be, but she had to work. She was not at the JP two THA game. John Paul II beating Thomas Hayward Academy for the first time in history is my favorite moment of the games that we called on WHHI Sports. That was absolutely phenomenal. The game between 1CT3, Christian Tilton, or CT4, Christian Tilton, I'll just say that. And then, of course, Tony O'Banner. Tony O touchdown. Those guys were just going nuts. That game was so much fun to call. It was back and forth, and the fact that it was our first game that we did this year on August the 18th, week zero, and the season only got better from there because of the fact that we had all these games that we did. We were able to throw in some bye weeks, plus we did a game in the HHCABA game where some of us, again, were at a different game that night. Jessa and Joe did a great job recording interviews and recording that game, brought it back to the station to get edited, and then Daniel and I and Jeremy worked the game from the station, and we were able to crank that out to you, the fans, and it was just awesome. And we had a bunch of crew members like yourself and Christopher Sanders really step up and do extra yeoman's work. Joe, Jessa, um, Larry missed a lot of time because he was on vacation traveling through Italy and France. 
And so we had folks that really stepped up. I missed a week, of course, that you filled in for me. And it was just a really awesome season. It's the best football season that I've ever been a part of on WHHI Sports. And it starts at the top. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to the schools. Thanks to the athletic directors, the coaches, the fans. Thank you all. It was it was great, and we're looking for much of the same with basketball. Stay tuned for scheduling and uh, more information coming out. We're going to be having meetings. We're going to wrap up football with the best of the Bulls and whatnot coming up. So there's just a lot of great stuff going on and uh, a lot more to go into as we get into the new year. Um, but with just a few more minutes left, want to talk briefly about the NBA, what you're seeing out of the NBA so far with Victor Webinyama. And uh, you had some hey, thoughts. Hey, you learned how to say his name. I did. And you had some thoughts on the in-season tournament and possibly some college basketball thoughts uh, as we get the college basketball season rolling along. By the next show, it'll be the start of 2024, I have no doubt. And uh, I will definitely have a Final Four for y'all by then. Well, I mean, the in-season tournament was cool. I think that's pretty much what everyone's been saying. You know, no one really hates a fun tournament where the, the less affluent players might get a little bit of money. Uh, yeah, basketball is going to be great, Mike, because I can't wait for our, our local games and um, at the national level. Uh, the NBA, I think, has put something in the middle, which just gives people a reason to watch. You know, my Celtics are great, so as a homer, I'm pumped. Your Cavs, man, a lot to cheer about. You know, you guys play team defense. You can score when you need to. It's, it's a lot of the... The better parts of basketball. Um, yeah, man, I'm just happy to be on board with you, Marcus. It's going to be a great year coming up. Um, am I reading all the bells for you? What's that? What am I skipping? Am I answering your question? Um, you talked about the NBA. Uh, you talked about the Celtics. Talked, you know, high school football. Um, anything with college ringing, ringing true? I've been able to catch a little bit of the in-season feast weeks and all that stuff, and we got some great teams. I think this college season has a chance to be wide open. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I've been even watching some G League ball in terms of the people up and coming through the league. But um, for college ball, we've got local ball now, dude. Like, I mean, I'm a big fan of local sports. Shout out to JJ. And Justin Jarrett had coverage last night of uh, – I, I shared it on my socials, which was um, that game up in Creek, Battery Creek. Yeah. Uh, who'd they end up playing? I saw it briefly, but... I just saw the local coverage, which in fairness yeah. is how a lot of us consume our local high school uh, journalism coverage for, and, for sports. And today, I believe he certainly had USCB uh, basketball. On That's what we're getting to, baby, is we got like a real thing basketball team, and the guys are great, but you know who's better? That girls team is remarkable, and they're right here home local. So like, if you like local sports and you like getting out watching games, um, shout out to JJ, who's running that show. Uh, moreover, Loco Sports gets all your, for our interests, especially the high school stuff covered, because um, the atmosphere has been great, man. Go to Whale, my best moment, if I'm being honest, not, not something that was on tape, Whale Branch. Whale Branch, that band, had like that whole place rocking, and that Creek game versus Branch, where they're both out, and they were just like rocking the house, the game mattered so much less than the communities. And so, uh, yeah, shout out to everybody getting out there and covering local high school sports. Thank you, JJ. Outstanding. And that, that game was a game for the first half. It was 13 to 12. Uh, Whale Branch was leading, and then they went out in the second half, absolutely obliterated Battery Creek, ended up winning 45 to 12. But 
uh, Creek was up 12 nothing in the first half for the bulk of it. And then then Jerry Hatcher did Jerry Hatcher things and got the boys ready to go, and they came out in the second half and got after it. Um, a lot of great atmospheres, obviously, in, in football, and we're looking forward again to basketball and whatnot. You wanted to talk a little bit, and I kind of uh, went with a little bit of a transition to Guardians uh, offseason type stuff and some of the things that have been going on with them. But you wanted to talk about the MLB offseason a little bit with some of the things that have been made your overall impressions and it's still very early of course in the mlb offseason oh yeah i mean owners meetings i believe are december and so that's it's got to be coming up in about you know probably within the week and i think they're maybe in nashville this year Oh, we'll, we'll take, we can do a little bit of Googling. Um, yeah, man, the MLB, I think, is still interesting, even though my team's been in the cellar. Uh, I'm with you on, like, how you structure a team. I really enjoyed the guards talk, dude. I, I thought it was fun to think about how you're going to not pay Shane Bieber and how we're going to cope with that together as fans of teams that aren't very good. But um, we'll get there together, and if there's a, a game we can get out to, um, Brew, if you hung out to the end of the podcast here, pal, uh, there's the Augusta Green Jackets, if you want to go up and see the golf course and uh, maybe go see a little, little bit of local local Augusta baseball. Um, usually they're cheap tickets. You can get dollar dogs. Last time I went, there were dollar beers. And uh, the $10 seats were right behind home plate where I got real loud and uh, made sure Blue knew I was there. And so can you. So anyways, baseball, baby. It's coming back. And uh, in the meantime, Savannah Ghost Pirates. Go see them. You know, we got local hockey. I have not seen them yet, but definitely planning on doing that. The MLB winter meetings are indeed in Nashville, and they start tomorrow. Look at you so. being topical. You're the this, only ten I see, Marcus. Well done. This could be, yeah. This this could be very very interesting with the start of the winter meetings and whatnot, for sure. Um, just for grins again, my top four for the college football playoff tomorrow, in this order: Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Georgia, uh, I think we'll we'll get it done. Um, and and take home the trophy. Your thoughts again on the final four, and give me a champion because this will be the last show we have for the year. I'm I'm very confident of it. When the Florida State Seminoles are the national champions, remember I said that. All right, you going with the same four teams though? Oh yeah, give me chalk. Are you kidding? If Vegas doesn't, well, yes. All right. <laughs> Who do you like facing uh, facing Florida State? I know you like Georgia, but I'm going to go with Michigan. That that certainly makes sense. So Kevin's got a Michigan-Florida State national champion. Michael Penix and that offense at Washington are so good. You heard it here first, folks. I'm going to take Washington to play Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Last year, the Pac-12. Last year of Pacific football as we know it. No Pac-8, no Pac-4, no Pac-10, no Pac-12. UCLA, this Cal, is it. Stanford, remember them? USC, Arizona, Arizona State. They're all going bye-bye to Washington, the conference. the Huskies. Bye-bye. I'm going to go Georgia facing Washington for the national championship. Washington going to give them a great effort, but Washington's going down, and Georgia's going to retain the the national championship and win it for a third year in a row. So Kevin likes Florida State over Michigan, and I like 
Georgia over Washington for the college football playoff national championship, provided that everything turns out the way that it turns out with chalk and everything. We expect the top four that we saw this week to get in and certainly make some noise, make it interesting. That will just about do it unless you have anything else for our folks. I hope Michael Penix is that good. My Patriots are hopefully going to have a top five pick. Um, right now, he reminds me of Ryan Mallett. God rest and, and love my, you know, Ryan Mallett was a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. But um, he struggled with a lot, too. And again, God love you, Ryan Mallett, who died a different way. But um, to me, he's just a big tall guy with a cannon arm. I'm not sure he can process well enough. But I hope you're right, because I want a better quarterback. Amen to that. Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta go good, Justin Fields. <laughs> This has been fun, that's for sure. It's been a full day, but it's been fun. For Kevin Libby, for Matt Brubaker, for Larry Jackamot, giving us the VOs. For the Tune Master, Mr. Tyler Brown, TBMM Productions. I'm Marcus Walsh. Thanks so much for joining us and going on the ride. This is the Marcus Walsh Show on this Saturday, the first Saturday of December. We certainly have had a lot to be thankful for this year. And uh, on this day, and we've been able to share it with you, and we give you thanks for that. And uh, we'll see you soon, likely in 2024, if that is the case that we don't see you on this platform before then. Have a great and Merry Christmas and a great start to 2024. And uh, we'll be giving you updates on Facebook and all the other loco, uh, all the other loco, all the other social media platforms as well. For now, for Kevin, Matt, Larry, Tyler, I'm Marcus once again. We will say so long. We'll be in touch soon. This has been the thanks, the post-Thanksgiving edition of the Marcus Wall Show. Please Navidad, amigos. Amen to that. Until next time. So long, everybody. Take your time, do it right, we can do it, baby. Do it tonight, baby, we can do it. Take your time, do it right, we can do it, baby. Do it tonight.